Hi there, about coming back. It's new Midas Touch. We're limited on time, so I would appreciate that when you responded, you just say A, B, C, or D in these multiple choice questions, sir. Mm -hmm. And sir, my first question is, according to CBP, how much fentanyl has CBP seized along the southwest border in FY23? You see the answers uh, behind me. So, uh, Congressman, two quick things. Number one, uh, my distance vision isn't what it used to be, so I can't actually see that. And number two, I'm not taking a multiple choice test that you administer. Let me assure you of that. <laughs> This is my mommy. We're limited on time, so I would appreciate that when you responded, you just say A, B, C, or D in these multiple choice questions, sir. And, sir, my first question is according to CBP, how much fentanyl has CBP seized along the southwest border? And that's why 23, you see the answers uh, behind it. So, uh, Congressman, two quick things. Number one, uh, my distance vision isn't what it used to be, so I can't actually see that. And number two, I'm not taking a multiple choice test that you administer. Let me assure you of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. Fake electors flipped nine hours ago. Yeah, they're... Um, the lawyer in the Georgia election said the defense, Trump's lawyers, Trump's lawyers getting um, uh, kicked off of the case because she didn't inform the witnesses or the, the couple, the electors that a, uh, basically a plea deal had been offered by Fannie Willis's team. So, um, that lawyer is going to be fucking disbarred. Ah, what a burn, what a cut. Stick your finger up your butt. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF. We got big news in Georgia and big hot water for two yeah. lawyers representing at least 10 of the fake electors uh -huh. in the Fannie Willis criminal investigation against Donald Trump and others. We got a development with the first kind of reemergence of Fawdy Willis, and and I'll explain what also that spells for the Jack Smith parallel criminal prosecution as these two prosecutors bring their charging decisions to a head. Last we heard from Fawdy Willis in a courtroom, she was addressing Judge McBurney about the pace of her indictment decision based on the special purpose grand jury's report. And she said then, a couple of months ago, that um, indictments were imminent. Indictments were imminent. In May, there's going to be a grand jury, a regular grand jury, a charging, indicting grand jury in Georgia. And everybody expects that Tony Wells is going to make her presentation to that jury and walk away with indictments of the fake electors that haven't been granted immunity. Donald Trump, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, and others on a conspiracy theory, along with interference with Georgia election process. But we have an appearance by her just yesterday, which is very telling. It, it, it pulls back the curtain into her thinking, into how her mind works, and where the case is at. It also puts a target on the back of Holly Pearson and Kim DeBrow, two lawyers in Georgia 
that have a lot of explaining to do to Judge uh -huh. McBurney about how they handle their fake elector clients and whether they properly communicated an immunity offer, an immunity deal that was on the table by the Fulton County Prosecutor's Office to their clients or whether they did not communicate that, which would be an ethical breach for them and a major professional get this hurt for them. Uh -huh. Let's look at what was filed. There was the second attempt by Fawny Willis to disqualify Kim DeBrow, a former assistant prosecutor in the Fulton County DA's office, wow. from representing all 10 of the remaining fake electors. There are 16 fake electors. A lot of them are in positions of power within the Georgia Republican Party, including David Schaefer, who is the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party, the treasurer, the assistant treasurer, lawyers, a state senator, are all part of this group. At one point, 11 of them were represented by two lawyers, co-counsel, Holly Pearson and Kim DeBrow, um, both being paid, get this, by the Georgia Republican Party. Their legal fees being paid by the Georgia Republican Party to represent these fake electors including, at the time, the chairman of the Republican Party and a state senator. So we got that incestuous fee-paying issue going on there. Apparently there's some sort of falling out between Holly Pearson and Kim DeBrow because Holly Pearson departed the case sometime at the end of 2022. But while she was still in the case, Bonnie Willis's office in 2022 made their first motion to disqualify. It argued that Pearson and DeBrow can't represent all 11 because they have interests that are not aligned and a lawyer ethically under the rules of professional conduct in Georgia and in other places can't represent at the same time simultaneously clients that have competing interests. That's where they'll be finger pointing between the two of them or, the, or, or one, one of them among multiple parties. And so the judge said, and this is his quote, this is an ethical mess and impracticable for Kim DeBrow and Holly Pearson to represent everybody, all 11, let's say, 11 out of the 16 fake electors. And he particularly said there has to be a separate lawyer for David Schaefer, the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, because his actions and potential criminal actions look different in kind than the other 10. And so after that ruling, Kim DeBrow and Pearson stayed in the case representing Tan, Schaefer got his own lawyer. Now we fast forward. The judge instructed the prosecutor to grant immunity or offer to grant immunity to the remaining 10 under the Pearson DeBrow umbrella, the lawyers, in order for them to testify. Give them immunity, let them testify. And so they, they did that. The prosecutor's office offered blanket immunity to any or all of the 10 um, in return for cooperation. And Holly Pearson reported back to the judge that none of her 10 clients, her 10 clients with Kim DeBrow, were going to take that deal. None, which is odd. Not one out of the 10 thought they were in so much criminal jeopardy that they'd want to take a deal, a deal of just cooperating for immunity. So that was sort of weird. Put a pin in that for a minute. That's what Holly Pearson informed the court, an officer of the court telling the person in a black robe that they told the clients about the immunity deal and that none of them took it. Hold that thought.
Now we fast forward to April, to this month. And we've got Fawdy Willis and her team of investigators bringing into their office two of the ten fake electors represented by Kim DeBrow, along with Kim DeBrow, who's sitting next to them. Meaning we have two that are cooperating with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office against the others. That's what coming in to talk with your lawyer present means. It means you're making a proper, right, in return for something. Now, it doesn't look like there's an immunity deal on the table, but two fascinating pieces of information now reported in the motion filed by Fawny Willis came out from that meeting. One, they, those two, pointed to more criminal conduct of one of the other 10 or 11 that used to be represented by the same lawyer. In other words, they pointed the finger at one or more of what used to be their fellow co-defendant and co-client and said they did really bad things, which creates an ethical problem for DeBrow because she can't continue to represent nah. parties that, whose interests are no longer aligned. But secondly, and this is more in the bombshell category, the, the prosecutor revealed that during the interview they asked these two, hey, by the way, did your lawyers tell you back at the, towards the end of 2022 that we offered an immunity deal to, to each of you, to any of you, to take the deal and testify? And they reported that they were not aware of the immunity deal, meaning that's true, and we have no reason to believe they're lying. What, what's the incentive to lie about whether the immunity deal was offered to them? And that's something you would remember if you're a criminal target of an investigation, whether the prosecutors are willing to let you walk in return for cooperation or not. Holly Pearson, the lawyer at the time, told the judge, looked him in the eye, point blank, and said, we offered it to all of the, did a filing related to it. We made an offer to all of our clients, including these two, and they said, no. Now these two are saying they were never they didn't know about the offer. Hmm. So if that's true, and that's in the report nah. or in the motion filed by Bonnie Willis, well, that's going to be highlighted and red circled by Judge McBurney, ah. who's going to be none too happy about that because that could constitute contempt by Holly Pearson nice. for violating a court order, lying to the court, so perjury and a referral out to the Georgia Bar if all those things are true. Holly Pearson has denied those things are true. But those are the facts as laid out by Tony Willis in her filing. Kim DeBrow has her own ethical problem. Remember, she's getting paid by the Georgia Republican Party for her legal fees because they publicly disclosed that. And now she's representing two people. She sat there during the interview. Two of her clients just said that one of her other clients has more criminal culpability than they do, finger pointing, which means she's got to get out of the case representing all of them. And she sat there while they said that that Pearson and DeBrow, her, never told them about the immunity deal. That's a problem. Kim DeBrow, sure we'll be hearing from her in some sort of affidavit or declaration or live testimony if McBurney calls a hearing, which I'm sure he will, an evidentiary hearing, to get to the bottom of what happened to the immunity deal offer, why don't the clients seem to know about it, and on this filing of the motion to disqualify. Let's take a quick break to talk about our next sponsor, Neurohacker, Call Your Mind. Just like you, throughout the course of a workday, we here at Legal AF are juggling a lot of different tasks and assignments. Stories and shows, analysis and hot takes. That's why we're so proud to partner with Neurohacker, Call Your Mind, to keep us focused and improve our memories. 
Transforming willpower and productivity can, in turn, transform tons of life habits for the better. From workouts, to job performance, to life goals. And that's why it's so important to have a sharp memory in today's working environment. Michael Popak, Legal AF. we got big news in Georgia and big hot water for two lawyers representing at least 10 yeah, of the Willis, criminal Michael Popak, Legal AF. we got big news in Georgia. And big hot water for two lawyers representing at least ten. Incriminating one another and one's lawyer disqualified. Bonnie Willis criminal investigation. It argued that Pearson and DeBrow can't represent all eleven because they have interests that are not aligned. And a lawyer ethically, under the rules of professional conduct in Georgia and in other places, can't represent at the same time simultaneously client for one hundred dollars off. That's only $39 a bottle. And as a listener of Legal AF, use code Legal AF at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash Legal AF to try all your mind with code Legal AF and experience life-changing mental performance. This is the second time, as I said, that Tony Willis' office has gone after Kim DeBrow and Holly Pearson. First, they filed a motion to disqualify to get them to stop representing all 11. And the judge says you can take 10 for now, but it's an ethical mess. And David Schaefer needs his own lawyer. Now the judge is faced with Kim DeBrow having kept the 10, not being able to represent any of them because she's an ethical quackmire of her own making, and have her dismissed. Now, if I'm Kim DeBrow, I look at that, and I withdraw my representation rather than keep fighting over the disqualification that is bound to happen. Or as Fawny Willis reminded Judge McBurney of his own words in her filing, this is an ethical mess and impracticable for Kim DeBrow to continue to represent these people. But with the subtext of they may have been lied to, the court may have been lied to by the lawyers about the immunity deal being offered or not. That is a bigger problem. That is a tail that's going to wag this dog when the you-know-what hits the fan with the judge after reading the motion. So we have that going on. Also indicates where we are in the process. Because it's, it's the first time for people that thought Fawny Willis was sort of abandoning the case. I know this is Donald Trump's fevered dream that all the prosecutors are going to abandon their cases. This means she's closer to a, a charging decision, and that will be in May when she presents to the grand jury, taking what she developed in the special purpose grand jury, which in Georgia, unlike in other places like New York, you can present hearsay evidence, secondhand evidence to the, the indicting grand jury, along with some live witnesses, to walk out with your indictment. An indictment that looks like ever, ever increasingly will be for conspiracy, Civil RICO in Georgia, which is the racketeer influence and corrupt organization, an organized crime developed body of law, which puts Donald Trump at the hub around a spokes, you know, think of it as a bicycle wheel of conspiracy, um, and the spokes are connected to other actors, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, Lindsey Graham, the fake electors. It's a way to tie everybody together in a coordinated conspiracy because they were all tied together in a coordinated conspiracy. So we've got that development going on. And what does it mean for Jack Smith? It means that Jack Smith 
who's got basically three major or four major grand juries going on. Where are he? Where is he with all those? And what is Fawny Willis moving ever closer to indictment mean for him? Because he's in a different system, right? He's in a federal system. So what does it mean if Fawny Willis goes first? We talked a lot about Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA, going first of all prosecutors, but on Stormy Daniels. the rest? Here we've got huh? overlapping factual issues between Georgia and Jack Smith and the feds on Georgia election interference and the use of fake electors to try to throw the election for Donald Trump, which makes the conflict between prosecutors more acute. Let's talk about it for a minute. Where is Jack Smith? Really close in a charging decision in Mar-a-Lago. How do we know? Because Evan Corcoran, who used to be Donald Trump's lawyer for all things Mar-a-Lago, not only was forced to testify two weeks ago before the grand jury in District of Columbia after being stripped of his attorney-client privilege and any other Everybody. privilege and being oh, naked and having to testify against Can Donald Trump, you? he's now with his representation of Donald Trump, recused himself because he has to. Because under the ethical rules of a lawyer, you can't be a lawyer for a client where it's likely that you'll be a witness for or against the client. He's withdrawn. He's withdrawn because there's going to be an indictment in Mar-a-Lago for obstruction, maybe Espionage Act, for the mishandling of classified documents by Donald Trump. If you don't think the Department of Justice takes that seriously, go look at Jack Teixeira, formerly Airman First Class um, in Massachusetts, and what, what's going on in his case, having been picked up last week for espionage. And, and so we've got that. He's really, really close. He's probably on the two-yard line or one-yard line, Jack Smith, of a charging decision related to Mar-a-Lago. And the other one, which he's catch, which is catching up, is the investigation of another grand jury into the fundraising rift, raising two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollars on the back of a lie that Donald Trump won the election and there was fraud that threw the election to uh, Joe Biden. And the amount of money that was raised in those emails and fundraising websites on the back of that lie and how that money was used for attorney's fees in the various cases, including the civil rape case in New York that Donald Trump has to defend himself against and um, paying for other witnesses to have lawyers of Donald Trump's choosing to interfere and obstruct justice by forcing them to testify in ways that are not consistent with the truth. That's another investigation, and that's going very, very quickly with a new round of people having testified against Donald Trump and the grand jury, up to a dozen people, including his national security team, former national security team. So you got that one, and then you've got everything related to the interference and the use of fake electors, and that's the overlap with Fawny Willis. If Fawny Willis is ready, as I've said in prior hot takes, prospect um, uh, fuel formula, quality of mind. And it's been the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset. Go to neurohacker.com slash Legal AF for $100 off. That's only $39 a bottle. And as a listener of Legal AF, use code Legal AF at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash Legal AF to try Mind with code Legal AF and experience life-changing mental performance. This is the second time, as I said, that Tony Willis's office has gone after Kim DeBrow and Holly Pearson. First, they filed a motion to disqualify to get them to stop representing all 11. And the judge says, you can take 10 for now, but it's an ethical mess. 
and David Schaefer needs his own lawyer. Now the judge is <laughs> Kim DeBrow having kept the 10, not being able to represent any of them because she's an ethical quackmire of her own making, and have her dismissed. Now, if I'm Kim DeBrow, I look at that, and I withdraw my representation, rather than keep fighting over the disqualification that is bound to happen, or as Claudia Willis reminded Judge McBurney of his own words in her filing, this is an ethical mess and impracticable for Kim DeBrow to continue to represent these people. But with the subtext of mess. they may have been lied to, <laughs> the court may have been lied to by the lawyers about the immunity deal being offered or not. That is a bigger problem. That is a tail that's going to wag this dog when the you-know-what hits the fan with the judge after reading the motion. So we have that going on. Also indicates where we are in the process. Because it's, it's the first time for people that thought Fawny Willis was sort of abandoning the case. I know this is Donald Trump's fevered dream. <laughs> prosecutors are going <laughs> to abandon their cases. <laughs> this means she's closer to a, a charging decision. And that will be in May when she presents to the grand jury, taking what she developed in the special purpose grand jury, which in Georgia, unlike in other places like New York, you can present hearsay evidence, secondhand evidence to the, the indicting grand jury, along with some live witnesses, to walk out with your indictment. An indictment that looks like ever, ever increasingly will be for conspiracy, civil RICO in Georgia, which is the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organization Act, That's case. an organized crime developed body of law which puts Donald Trump at the hub around a spokes, you know, think of it as a bicycle wheel of conspiracy, um, and the spokes are connected to other actors, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, Lindsey Graham, the fake electors. It's a way to tie everybody together in a coordinated conspiracy because they were all tied together in a coordinated conspiracy. So we've got that development going on. And what does it mean for Jack Smith? It means that Jack Smith, who's got basically three major or four major grand juries going on, where are he? Where is he with all those? And what does Fawny Willis moving ever closer to indictment mean for him? Because he's in a different system, right? He's in the federal system. And what does it mean if Fawny Willis goes first? We talked a lot about Alvin Bragg, Manhattan DA, going first of all prosecutors, but on Stormy Daniels. Here we've got overlapping factual issues between Georgia and Jack Smith and the feds on Georgia election interference and the use of fake electors to try to throw the election for Donald Trump, which makes the conflict between prosecutors more acute. Let's talk about it for a minute. Where is Jack Smith? Really close in a charging decision in Mar-a-Lago. How do we know? Because Evan Corcoran, who used to be Donald Trump's lawyer for all things Mar-a-Lago, not only was forced to testify two weeks ago before the grand jury in District of Columbia after being stripped of his attorney-client privilege and any other privilege and being naked and having to testify against Donald Trump, he's now withdrawn his representation of Donald Trump, recused himself because he has to, because under the ethical rules of a lawyer, you can't be a lawyer for a client where it's likely that you'll be a witness for or against the client. Mm -hmm. He's withdrawn. He's withdrawn because there's going to be an indictment in Mar-a-Lago mm -hmm. for obstruction, maybe Espionage Act, for the mishandling of classified documents by Donald Trump. You don't think the Department of Justice takes that seriously? Go look at Jack Teixeira, formerly Airman First Class 
um, in Massachusetts and what, what's going on in his case, having been picked up last week for espionage and, and the Espionage Act. So we've got that. He's really, really close. He's probably on the two-yard line or one-yard line, Jack Smith, of a charging decision related to Mar-a-Lago. And the other one, which, he's catch, which is catching up, is the investigation of another grand jury into the fundraising grift, raising 250 to $300 million on the back of a lie that Donald Trump won the election and there was fraud that threw the election to uh, Joe Biden. And the amount of money that was raised in those emails and fundraising websites on the back of that lie and how that money was used for attorney's fees in the various cases, including the civil rape case in New York that Donald Trump has to defend himself against and um, paying for other witnesses to have lawyers of Donald Trump's choosing to interfere and obstruct justice by forcing them to testify in ways that are not consistent with the truth. That's another investigation. And that's going very, very quickly with a new round of people having testified against Donald Trump and the grand jury, up to a dozen people, including his national security team, former national security team. So you got that one. And then you've got everything related to the interference and the use of fake electors. And that's the overlap with Tony Willis. If Tony Willis is ready, as I've said in prior hot takes, um, uh, prosecutions happen when they're ready to happen and not before, right? Or we will try no case before it's time. We will bring no indictment before it's ready. If, if Bonnie Willis is ready first, she's going to bring an election interference fake electric case against Donald Trump and others in Georgia, Jack Smith and the feds be damned. If Jack Smith's not ready, that's it. He, she's not going to be able... She's not going to be able, uh, he's not going to be able to stop her from pursuing her prosecution as a professional courtesy. She's going to go full steam ahead. If he wants to be first, then he better hurry up and get his indictment decision made, and then he'll be first out of the box and he'll kind of get sucked in the federal court. It's very unlikely that a federal judge will, or there'll be an ability to stay the state court proceeding, but on balance, it would be better for Jack Smith to go first if he can, but if he's not ready, he's going to have to step back and he's going to get boxed out by Fawny Willis. And that's what we're going to watch come May, just around the corner, when that new regular grand jury seat and Fawny Willis is presenting this evidence as she sorts out cooperating witnesses on the, in, on the fake elector side grants immunity to some of these people to testify about others, because now they're all finger-pointing, right? She threw them all in a barrel, and now they're fighting their way out. And, of course, this spells doom and disaster for somebody like David Schaefer, who is the Republican Party chair in Georgia, because if I had a guess at who they're pointing the fingers at, these two clients of Kim DeBrow, it's a David Schaefer. And then Holly Pearson and Kim DeBrow have their own problems with the judge, as they're being paid by the Georgia Republican Party because of ethical problems they have in continuing to represent these this group of fake electors and Holly Pearson perhaps lying to the judge about whether they knew about the her clients knew about the immunity deals or not. We follow that. In fact, we follow all of these types of stories, these politically charged cases at the intersection of law and politics on a podcast on the Midas Touch Network called Legal AF that I anchor on Wednesdays and Saturdays. 
and then I do these updates about every day, right on this, right on this corner of law and politics. So if you like it, come back and join me, job, and you can Brother follow Popak. me on all things social media at MS Popak. This is Michael. Someone said, let's go, Georgia. Hold all responsible accountable. Don't let them get away from paying for their crimes. Lock them up. Yeah. That's great. Uh, GOP losing it all. Um, GOP gets exposed again by Democrats during new hearings six minutes ago. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Another day on Capitol Hill. And we see again the Democratic members of Congress just completely slamming these MAGA Republicans and exposing them and showing all of their BS. I'm really enjoying these hearings and the new Democratic Party messaging. Let's just get right into it. This is Democratic Congress member Jared Moskowitz at a hearing convened by the MAGA Republicans where they wanted to spread more COVID disinformation. And here Congress member Moskowitz says, I think the American people have a right to know why so much misinformation was spread about COVID. Let's go through Donald Trump's greatest hits of all of his disinformation. Play this clip. Uh, but also, I think the American people have a right to know why so much misinformation was spread about COVID-19 in this country by President Trump. Mm -hmm. Let me just read some of the greatest hits from <laughs> President Trump. China's been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. The United States greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. It will all work out well. In particular, on behalf of the American people, I want to thank President Xi. Okay? I just spoke to President Xi last night. And you know we're working on the problem, the virus. It's a very tough situation. I think he's going to handle it. I think it's handled very well. We're helping wherever we can. Just had a long conversation with the President of China. He's strong, sharp, powerful. Focus on leading the counterattack to the coronavirus. He feels they're doing very well, even building hospitals in a matter of days. Great discipline in taking place in China. The president leads strongly in a very successful operation. We're working closely with China to help. I think China is very, you know, professionally run, in a sense. They've got everything under control. I really believe they're going to have it under control very soon. You know, in April, supposedly it's going to die with the hotter weather, and that's a beautiful date to look forward to. But China, I can tell you, is working very hard. We have very few people in this country with COVID, and you know what? They're getting better. They're all getting better. I think the whole situation will work out well. 
we pretty much shut it down coming from China. You know, we only have 15 people with COVID. And, you know, 15 within a couple of days, it's going to go down to zero. That's a pretty good job we've done. <laughs> go away, hopefully at the end of the month. And if not, hopefully soon after that. I just keep going. This goes on and on. And every day it goes on. There were more and more cases in this country. And so we have to find out why the president was spreading that information. We heard now compare Congress member Jared Moskowitz to MAGA Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the point that she wants to make and spend her time at the hearing talking about is that Donald Trump was never racist with respect to COVID-19. He only called it the China flu and the Wuhan flu. Play this clip. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would like, for the record, uh, to address record. something that one of our colleagues across That's the aisle was talking about, which was Asian hate and reference to President Trump. President uh, Trump never Chairman spoke any language of racism or hate. He did, however, uh, call, and many of us have called the COVID-19 virus, the Wuhan flu, the Chinese China virus, because we feel it originated from China. Going to the floor of the House of Representatives, here is Democratic Congress member Jim McGovern, who says, look, this Republican hypocrisy is breathtaking. Here, play the clip. Republican hypocrisy is breathtaking. Uh, Republicans <laughs> want to ban trans kids from sports, but they won't ban child marriage in states like West Virginia and Tennessee. The same party systematically taking away women's reproductive rights across the country. The same party that won't lift a finger as our kids are massacred in our schools. That takes NRA blood money instead of addressing an actual problem like gun violence. Yeah. Now wants to use protecting girls as their sick excuse for targeting trans kids. Enough is enough. Stop the fear mongering. The truth is that this bill would mean more trans kids already vulnerable as it is, would be bullied, beaten, and killed. It would deprive trans kids of the opportunity to learn about teamwork, discipline, and sportsmanship. And finally, let me just say to the trans community, you deserve so much better than this. I hope you know that you have allies in Congress and across the country who care about you and who will fight for you. It shouldn't be a radical idea to respect people for who they are. And it shouldn't be a radical idea to love people for who they are. I say to my Republican colleagues, stop the lies, stop the bigotry, stop the hate, leave kids alone. I urge a right no on. vote on this awful... Oh, I shit. Trista. I urge a no vote on this wow. awful rotten rule and a no vote on the underlying bill, and I yield back my time. And speaking of Republican oh, hypocrisy, this awesome. is... Mm -hmm. Just yeah, be a radical idea to respect people for who they are. And it shouldn't be a radical idea to love people for who they are. I say to my Republican colleagues, stop the lies, stop the bigotry, stop the hate, leave kids alone. I heard...
leave kids alone. Leave kids alone. Applause. Clap. No vote on this awful rotten rule and a no vote on the underlying bill and I yield back my time. And speaking of re Yeah, that's great. Republican hypocrisy. This is MAGA Republican from Georgia, Andrew Clark. Mm-hmm. The truth is that one of our colleagues across the aisle was one talking about hate. Hey, in reference hate. to President Trump, President Trump in never spoke any language President Nick Trump of never spoke or hate. Of racism he did, or hate. However, he did, however, uh, call, and many of us have and many of us have called the COVID nineteen virus, the Wuhan China virus, virus, because we feel because it originated we feel from China. Of the House of Representatives. Here is Democratic Congress Member Jim McGovern, who says, "Look, this Republican hypocrisy." is breathtaking here play the clip republican hypocrisy is breathtaking republican Uh, hypocrisy is breathtaking is breathtaking Uh so we have to find out why the president was spreading that information we heard from congress member jared moskowitz to MAGA Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene, and the point that she wants to make and spend her time at the hearing talking about is that Donald Trump was never racist with respect to COVID-19. He only called it the China flu and the Wuhan flu. Here, play this clip. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would like, for the record, uh, to address something that one of our colleagues across the aisle was talking about, which was Asian hate in reference to President Trump. President Trump never spoke any language of racism or hate. He did, however, uh, call, and many of us have, called the COVID-19 virus, the Wuhan flu, the Chinese China virus, because we feel it originated from China. Going to the floor of the House of Representatives, here is Democratic Congress member Jim McGovern, who says, look, this Republican hypocrisy is breathtaking here play the clip republican hypocrisy is breathtaking uh republicans want to ban trans kids from sports but they won't ban child marriage in states like west virginia and tennessee same party systematically taking away women's reproductive rights across the country. The same party that won't lift a finger as our kids are massacred in our schools.
takes NRA blood money instead of addressing an actual problem like gun violence now wants to use protecting girls as their sick excuse for targeting trans kids. Enough is enough. Stop the fear-mongering. The truth is that this bill would mean Stop more the trans fear -mongering. kids already vulnerable as it is. Stop the fear-mongering. Stop the fear-mongering. be bullied, beaten, and killed. It would deprive trans kids of the opportunity to learn about teamwork, discipline, and sportsmanship. And finally, let me just say to the trans community, you deserve so much better than this. I hope you know that you have allies in Congress and across the country who care about you and who will fight for you. It shouldn't be a radical idea to respect people for who they are. And it shouldn't be a radical idea to love people for who they are. I say to my Republican colleagues, stop the lies, stop the bigotry, stop the hate, leave kids alone. I urge a no vote on this awful, rotten rule and a no vote on the underlying bill, and I yield back my time. And speaking of Republican hypocrisy, this is MAGA Republican from Georgia, Andrew Clyde, who, while pushing for spending cuts, um, wants to eliminate corporate taxes in, in, in general. Just just eliminate all, all corporate taxes. Here, play this clip. While great reforms were made by President Trump in his 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, I believe the next necessary step is to completely overhaul our overly complex tax code with the fair tax. The fair tax represents a long-term solution by repealing all federal corporate and individual income taxes payroll taxes, self-employment taxes, and death taxes, replacing our misguided system with the revenue-neutral personal consumption tax. And I kid you not, this is this is real. This isn't an SNL skit. This isn't a parody. Uh, this is a MAGA Republican representative, Buddy Carter, who is talking about how he wants pimps and prostitutes to fund the United States government. What? That's part of the Republican uh, <laughs> what? strategy. Play this clip. We will we will be able to to capture that underground economy, if you will. As as distasteful as it may be, the the, the, the pimps, the prostitutes, they're gonna be paying taxes because they consume. They go out and they buy groceries. They go out and they buy stuff, and that's where you're gonna be paying the taxes on. And I I think you see a theme here with these. Time to respond uh, to uh, suspend the entire Republican Party for cheating in elections. Maybe can we sue them for RICO racketeering influence and corrupt organization act case?
MAGA Republicans. Now, this is MAGA Republican Matt Gates, and Gates goes, I'm proud to stand with my many House Republican colleagues who believe there should be no increase in this debt limit absent rigorous work requirements. I mean, by the way, um, you know if you know this about Matt Gates, you know, Matt Gates is like a trust fund kid. His dad was a senator who basically got Matt Gates his job. Here, play this clip of uh, Matt Gates and fucking trust fund baby, great. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise to vindicate the most American of values, and that is work. Trust fund when baby. John Smith landed <laughs> at Jamestown. He said, "He who does not work, neither shall he eat." And we <laughs> have drifted so far away of that, creating a social safety net that has been converted into oh a multi-generational God. hammock for far too many Americans. And what? so as we reach America's credit card limit, all the way I'm off. proud to stand with my many House Republican colleagues who believe... Standing in Congress when they should all be behind bars for their role in the January 6th insurrection. What the hell is wrong with the justice system in this country? We have a 14th Amendment and a Constitution. wrong with our huh? there should be no increase in this debt limit absent rigorous work requirements if you could see president clinton and newt gingrich coming together for work requirements in the 90s there's no reason we cannot do that in divided government now to cut spending where it is wasteful and to grow this economy where it is necessary thank you mr no, and, and that's the thing with these MAGA republicans you know they want to hold our economy hostage they don't want to pass and they refuse to pass a clean debt Rico Racketeering so Influences Corrupt Organization Act case. They could rant and rave about woke and Mr. Potato Head. You know, it, 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 is, it is beyond parody. It, it is so sickening and disgusting to see what these MAGA Republicans are doing, what the modern day Republican Party has become. And, uh, Mitch McConnell, Senator McConnell's back from his uh, injury after uh, falling and, and, and hitting his head. And he was asked a very basic question about, hey, are you comfortable, Senator McConnell, with the fact that your party's leading candidate uh, is facing criminal charges? And <laughs> just watch what a coward Mitch McConnell is. Play this clip. <laughs> Donald Trump, are you comfortable with the fact that your party's leading you candidate facing criminal charges and could have to be facing a trial in the middle of this election. Well, Manu, let me put it this way. <laughs> I may have hit my head, but I didn't hit it that hard. Good try. And then could we talk about real leadership as well? Now, this didn't happen on Capitol Hill, but I want to show you this video because it was so great. This is a clip of President Biden talking about how Kevin McCarthy went to Wall Street. McCarthy did a, a visit MAGA Republican Speaker of the House, he went to Wall Street and basically threatened to hold the American economy hostage, that he wasn't going to pass a clean debt ceiling bill. He compared raising the debt ceiling to uh, raising the, the credit card limit of, of, of the child. Uh, completely incomprehensible, especially considering that 25% um, of all of our debt historically comes from 
uh, Donald Trump in the past Democrats passed clean debt ceiling bills, you know, without preconditions. And, you know, it's just more performative BS from these mag Republicans. But watch President Biden's uh, speech right there. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. Play the clip. Folks, we know there's more to do. And yet yesterday, the Speaker of the House Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, went to Wall Street. He did not tell the wealthy or the powerful on Wall Street that it was finally time for them to start paying their fair share of taxes. That didn't come up. Other than say they're going to renew it, went to Wall Street. <laughs> Folks, we know there's more to do. And yet yesterday, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, went to Wall Street. He did not tell the wealthier, the powerful on Wall Street that it was finally time for them to start paying their fair share of taxes. That didn't come up. Oh, they're going to renew the $2 trillion tax cut. Anyway, I won't. Instead, he proposed huge cuts to important programs that millions of Americans count on, millions of middle-class suburban as well as inner-city folks. He threatened to become the first speaker to default on our national debt, which took over 230 years to accumulate. He threatened to be the first one to default on the debt, which would throw us into a gigantic recession and beyond, unless he gets what he wants in the budget. Folks, you've got to ask yourself, what are MAGA Republicans in Congress doing? Because this is not your father's Republican Party. It's a different deal. You know, the two presidents that warned most directly against playing with the national debt were Ronald Reagan. He spoke very, very passionately about that. And he came forward. And anyway, I won't. But, you know, why are they doing this? What, what, what's the they're purpose? fucking terrorists. The speaker talked about limited Trying to sabotage the country. That's all they want to do. $1.7 billion in two years. So there you have it, folks. I'm really, really enjoying this <laughs> new democratic messaging machine. It's not just messaging in like a phony sense. It's like these Democrats understand the assignment, right? They understand that this is now a battle of democracy versus fascism, of stability and normalcy versus this MAGA Republican kind of QAnon weirdness and, and authoritarianism and, and and Democrats have met the moment they're meeting the moment right now and it's great to see these new Democratic uh, Congress member superstars you know doing a great job only highlighted a few there but I want you to see the contrast between kind of very serious intelligent Democratic Congress members, and then you see what these MAGA Republicans are doing. Um, that's why there's no both sides, it's not a both sides issue. Support normalcy, democracy, compassion, humanity, you know, and that's embodied in only one political party today, the Democratic Party. It's just that, that simple. I'm Ben Micellis. Thank you so much for watching. And subscribe, we're on only to 1.5 million subscribers to your incredible.
Biden turned out to be a much better president than I expected. Pretty much every day. <laughs> nudes. Sent him nudes. Not nudes, holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> Notes, not nudes. Oh my god. It's a good thing I checked. So I'm taking a screenshot of that and I'm putting on Trista de Genova.
Hazer in chief. Catherine fucking I am pretty sure Yeah. 